We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. So we're, we're recording at halftime. You, you know, the the one good thing about the Warriors, I guess, taking gap year, we're calling it a gap year because we got we to gotta be arrogant about it. You know, we can't we can't actually say they're on the downturn. It's just freak injuries this year, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, it is a gap year. It's not – I come on. They're, it, what, you what, they're going to win 30 games next season with Steph, Draymond, Clay? Like, come on. I, or at least the way I feel – Let's see them not be good with those three before we write them off, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but the one good thing about it is we can record podcasts during Warrior games because our relevancy <laughs> related to the game re- – it's not really related to the game result. Like Eric Paschal, 19 points first half. I mean, he's he can play, man. Are we going to start with Eric Paschal? Because remember I was saying in the offseason I was really hyped up about Eric Paschal. I am going to admit, though – Never watched the Eric Pascal college basketball game. Never watched one. You literally saw four years Villanova. You you read a couple things about him being high IQ. You're like, this this is a steal. <laughs> I watched a couple of summer league games and I was like, okay. You know he didn't even look that great in summer league. And but I was just like, hey, this is my guy. I'm all about it. Also, I just didn't want to pick Jordan Poole because Jordan Poole is kind of a nutcase. I like Jordan Poole. He doesn't look bad. Yeah, but. Pascal, you know what Eric Pascal does well is he drives to the rim and then he puts his shoulder in you, but he doesn't lose balance. That's what he does well. That's that's the LeBron James. 
He, he's the next LeBron. Like it's it's crazy how he can. Are, the, are these are these Mark Jackson grown man moves? <laughs> I mean, but they like how is he able to do that? Well, I guess he is twenty three. It, it it is his birthday today. He is a twenty three year old rookie, so that kind of makes sense. Like Pascal Siakam, where he was old and then like whatever. But it is very impressive. Like he looks like, like he's he's going to be an NBA player for a while. He can definitely play. Finding it, by the way. It's so fitting that he was their third pick. They definitely wanted Smiley Geach more than him to the point where they traded two future picks yep. to get him. And Pascal's get, looks like he might be the best of the, the three. Who knows? It's way too early to make any of those things. But it's like it's very clear he's an NBA player, which is really all you can ask for out of a second rounder. Draymond Green was also the third pick. Exactly. Cecilia and Harrison Barnes. So. I mean, and Myers, actually, one of my favorite things about Myers is he has just enough humility to admit it. It's like, if I knew he'd be this good, I would have taken him seven. <laughs> you know? And it's kind of like the, the point stands. If anyone believed Pascal was going to be this good, they would have waited till their third pick at number 41 overall to take him, right? Yeah. Uh, he's just super fun. I, the the jumping ten feet in the air to shoot a jumper, little bit scary. Don't like to see him do that. Yeah, his his jumpers. Um, it's better than Draymond form wise, but it's. <laughs> did you did you catch this when he hit his second three? Fitz just goes Clay Pascal, and gets all into it, and I'm like, oh. Uh, let's Fitz can Fitz. Fitz can Fitz can flip the switch. Oh yeah, Fitz has been right back to you know when I was in high school. He's just right back to it. Like I remember in high school watching Warriors games, and I I, I had no real opinion on on Fitz just because I was growing up and I don't know what was going on. But now that I you, do, you know like you know the context, I feel like if you don't until you until you get league pass and watch like you know, everyone else's broadcasts, you can't really contextualize Fitz. It's like, it's like this. It's like the Blazers were in the Western Conference final. They have Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. They shot 45% from three and a half, and the Warriors are only losing by three. It's like, all right, dude, what are we doing here? Calm down. It, but it's a lot of that, and it's just he has a way of doing that, and uh, I don't know. I, I, we have to find a way to, to enjoy that this year, I think. I think, I think we will. I think there are ways to make Fitz fun to fun to listen to somehow, some way. We'll find a way. We'll make it a game. You should, you have to lean into it with Fitz is what it comes down to. Like he's gonna the, the wrong move is being angry at his like condescension homerism. <laughs> the right move is leaning into it and doing it with him. You know? It, he's not gonna change. So your your options are basically to create a drinking game out of like the silly things Fitz does or be upset. And end of the day, would you rather just have fun with it or do you want to be mad online? Right. I mean, the team is going to win 25 games anyway, so you might as well enjoy it. Although, you know, I will say this. A lot of friends have been talking to me about the Warriors. They've been texting me like, oh, my condolences. But they also have been saying, like, the Warriors have been really fun to watch these last few games. Uh, We're not going to break down every one of them, but... like, Yeah, they're not getting the the same effort as the, the title... Um, Warriors, where we like break down stuff. I'm not getting that. No, that's not happening. But they're fun to watch. Like, have you not had fun just watching this team play basketball the last week? Yeah, and it's like obviously I I want D'Angelo Russell to come back because like 
look, Kai Bowman looks really good for a two-way player, but um, you know, there's there's kind of a utility on how long it can last, right? Like at some point they need a little more talent just so that they don't like completely hit the wall and then just become unwatchable. Yeah. Um, and then I, I think I, I said this uh, earlier, but like the reason it's easy to be in a good mood about the Warriors is Steph Curry's coming back. Clay Thompson's coming back. Draymond Green's coming back. This isn't a team who we don't know what the future looks like. Like it's just kind of a gap. And it kind of, you know, we'll all get impatient and annoyed by it. But like end of the day, it's a lot worse to be, um, let's just say like the Charlotte Hornets who we saw on Saturday. Right, right, right. They still, they don't have a single guy on their roster who you're like, that's the guy we're building around. At least the Warriors have the guys they're going to build around. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying, right? No, I'm with you. And the and the thing is, people are joking about like, oh, top ten. Uh, they're gonna have they're gonna draft James Wiseman. They're gonna draft whatever. They really are gonna have a top ten draft pick, like more Anthony players. Anthony Edwards, baby. Yeah, whoever that is. That's my guy. That is. Um, wing. They need a wing. Is he a wing? Is he a four? He's more of a combo guard. So they but, trade D'Lo. Yeah, I mean, I'm team draft the best player. And then rearrange your, you know, figure it out from there. Maybe have him start at point, have, have Steph play off ball. I mean, that's Kerr's dream. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the, the, the point stands. Like, I, the stupidest thing the Warriors could do is, like, get, like, the fourth overall pick and then pass on the best talent because they wanted a specific position. Because, like, they're never going to get this, like, high pick opportunity again. Yeah, They're, you got to go with the best talent, and then like you make the trades you need to make down the line. By the way, let's talk about this for a second. How relieved do you think Joe Lacob and Steve Kerr and Bob Myers were when? I'm not really. You never want your best player to be injured, but just relief and the idea that hey, we were probably not going to be that good the way we were going. By the way, they can. Much. We can admit it. Are they? They are relieved. Steph got hurt in a way that doesn't matter. Like he broke a bone in his offhand. Yeah, he he got hurt with like the best possible injury. It's not a lower body extremity. It's not a shooting arm. It's literally he broke the second metacarpal in his offhand, which will affect his ability to throw dumb left-handed passes for like a couple months. And that actually reminds me, we had a uh, we had uh, I was just about to do it, but go ahead. No, you go for it. Oh uh, no, we we let yours premium. By the way, make sure to subscribe. Uh, thirty cents for the first month. We we actually had a doctor, uh, Doctor Raj, uh, doctor uh, of physical therapy on. Uh, he has his own podcast on the Blue Wire Network. So we had him on, and he was basically talking about Steph, Clay, uh, all the injuries to the Warriors. But yeah, you're right. He basically, I mean, what we're getting at is it's not something that's going to hurt him long term. It really only matters for the next three months. Yeah, it's it's an annoying inconvenience right now. Like it kind of sucks that we don't get to see the Warriors play relevant basketball for 12 more months, right? Um, but in the scheme of things, it's not the worst thing in the world. Like, yeah. you know what sucks? Your best players leaving the team. Or, um, I don't know, them turning 36 and, like, it just being over. You know, like, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm thinking of, like, Laker fans with Kobe or the Celtics with like KG and Pierce. And like at a certain point, you know, guys hit an age where 
it's over, right? Yes. The Warriors aren't there yet. It, it almost, I think the only person that's closest to that is Draymond Green. And I still think he's probably a couple of years away from being, being completely washed, if that's what you think he's going to get to in a few years. Now, I, I, I do think this almost works out perfectly. I mean, I'm not trying to be a homer or anything. But like it almost, no, you're always trying to be a homer. <laughs> it almost does work out perfectly for the Warriors, though. You know, if they're not going to be that good, by the way, Kai Bowman going behind the back on Lillard, Dame's got a uh, that defense is atrocious. But um, if you're going to not be that great, and Steve Kerr was starting to get a little, you know, a little, a little stuff coming at him, uh, this is perfect. Now Steve Kerr gets off the hook. You know, the Warriors kind of get off the hook here. Uh, they pretty much feel no pressure to even get an eighth seed. They now get their pick back for sure, which was top 20 protected, probably in the lottery. Like, this is pretty much perfect, all things considered, right? Yeah, it's like it's the quintessential take one step backward to take two steps forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so that brings in questions. I, I got, we've, we've got a, a bunch of variations of this, but the question is, if they end up with a high pick, do you keep it or trade it? And I think that's the wrong way of looking at it, but I want your thoughts first. Uh, I mean, I, I do whatever gets Nets the best player available, like you said. I mean, who can D'Lo a first even get for you, I guess is the question. Yeah. It kind of just depends. I'm sure they'll shop it. I'm 100%. You know that. Like, they'll shop that pick. They'll shop D'Lo. They'll maybe shop Draymond. But I just, what do you get out of that? Is Giannis losing the second round? Does he want to leave? Right, Right. I mean, like everything around this, um, you know, circles around the idea of Giannis. But like, let's be realistic. Long shot. If Giannis demands out, there's 29 teams who are trying to trade for him. Even if the Warriors are one of the better options, the odds are still below 50%. Um, So the way I look at it is it's a win-win either way. They, They can either trade the pick and get immediate help, or they can get a high-talent, high-potential player, and, and that's cool too, right? So um, I don't know. It could, it could work a million different ways, and it might not work out, but they don't necessarily – it's not as like finite as like you have to figure it out on draft night. Right, and I, and, I, so, uh, and I think that's a really fun part of this for the Warriors to think about because it's almost – you remember those days when they would draft Bellinelli or they would draft like Clay Thompson, Harrison Barnes, and you'd be excited about what they could bring. Pretty much what we're saying at first, but now it's it's not about you're excited about what they could bring and whether they can go back to the playoffs. If Steph, Clay, Draymond, Looney, Nagadala, if those guys are back, they're going to make the playoffs. So you're looking at this young player like, can he be a cornerstone guy? Like, how much fun is that? Like, we're not saying this is the next Tim Duncan or whatever, but like. Can this guy be – can they develop him without, you know, really any pressure? Can he be like a second option? If they can get another second or third option out of him, doesn't that extend their window? Like, exactly. That's pretty cool. I mean, they love to talk about the Spurs. And at this point, you and I both like it, – it brings a little eye roll, right? Um, but like, you know – they're all like, oh, they're going to lose. They're going to get the first pick. They're going to get the next Tim Duncan. Like, newsflash, I'm, I'm intrigued by a few of these prospects. Like, I think there's high potential, but they're not Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan was, like, the most obvious known commodity of the last 20 years. And mostly because he was, like, a four-year player who didn't need to be a four-year player. He just wanted to be one. Uh, but, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was just way too uh, – you know, 
the better way to put it is, what if they get? Actually, I didn't want to compare him to Kawhi because Kawhi turned out to be. I mean, he's an MVP caliber player, but it's like just get get a high potential guy in there and develop him, right? Yeah, whoever whoever it needs to be. I mean, Eric Eric Pasco is going to be that. Guy. I'm just. I, I, Do you see Jordan Poole cross up Dame? By the way, I saw. I saw that. I, I I'm going to. I know you. You're going to have less patience with Jordan Poole than me, uh, because deep down you are like Gene Hackman in um, Hoosiers. Deep deep down, I'm more similar to Steve Kerr than I would like to admit. I think you know that. Have you you've seen Hoosiers? Yes, I have. You, you're the you're Gene Hackman. You're the white coach. You you don't want. You, no dribbling without like five passes. That's you. I do hate. Oh, uh, I have my team that I play with, who I also act as coach, um, and they they know I hate when guys just pound the ball all day long. I do. I'm serious. I hate that. That as well as uh, people that don't uh, try on defense. Another pet peeve. Hate that. It's not when they put when the Bob- <laughs> so this is this is actually why you should like Jordan Poole because like look he's got a long way to go before um, like we're getting the little tease highlights and he may never figure it out like he's a twenty eighth overall pick let's be realistic with our expectations but he's not lazy I'll give him that he like when I heard the Swaggy P comp I'm like oh great you know but I'm like I don't think that's a fair like he he tries on defense. He tries to make plays for others. Now whether it like comes together in a consistent way, we'll see. But like I don't see a guy who doesn't try to play the the quote unquote right way. Yeah, he, he doesn't um he doesn't do the airhead. I mean he like makes bad plays, but he doesn't do the airhead crap where he's just like you know that that like JaVale McGee Nick right. kind of thing where he just like makes a dumb play where you're like, dude, like it's funny. But it's funny when you're the Warriors, the one that won back-to-back titles. Yeah, it's funny. It's not. It's fun. It's funny when you're the eleventh man with no expectations. Yeah, yeah. It's not funny when people have, you know, they're counting on you. <laughs> um, right. So you mentioned this earlier. This is one of the first questions I want to throw this out there from Drew, a loyal listener, Ben Golliver, friend of the pod, uh, has okay. said twice on open floor the Warriors should explore trading Draymond. I know this would be hard because of the extension rules, but what kind of return would it take to get behind that scenario? Can, can we uh, can we parlay this into another question where somebody talked about what a eleven million dollar trade exception means? Do you want to get into that? Se- Seventeen, but yes, I'll, I'll get into that after this. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry, getting over a cold uh, for the fifth time this year. Um, <laughs> Draymond Green, uh, they'll try. I think that the contract that they got him at, I think is key here. Uh, four years, a hundred million uh, extension is not like the max that he wanted that he probably wouldn't have gotten. Um, but maybe he would have got more than that if he had waited, but he's not going to get it now. He's locked in at that price, which isn't, I don't think it's terrible Four year 25. I mean, I think it's actually very appropriate for the player he is. So I think it's feasible to trade. I think they'll look to trade that, but what are you going to get from that? Like that makes sense for you. Draymond Green is kind of the guy that this is. So this is where I come down on it. He's he's an excellent player, but he has some pretty glaring flaws, right? Um, which is to say, 
he could only realize his potential on specific teams. Um, and the teams in the teams that would, you know, honestly, the team that wants him probably more than anyone is Portland. Because um, just do the math. Like, is he not the perfect player to go with Damon CJ? Yeah, because Damon CJ are the, the super light version of Clay and Steph. So, yes, he is the perfect player to go But, with. you know, what can Portland give up to get him? It's probably not attractive to the Warriors, right? And that's the thing. Like, the teams with assets that are attractive to the Warriors don't want Draymond. And the teams that want Draymond don't have the assets that make it worthwhile to the Warriors. What I'm getting at is I can't see the Warriors trading Draymond because his value to them is... Yeah, it's hyper-Warrior specific. It's higher than his like trade market value. Like, I mean, like, are the Wizards going to give him Bradley Beal? No. You know? Like, I, I, and that was just a random name off the top of my head. But, like, the teams that have players that the Warriors would want aren't going to trade him for Draymond Green. D'Lo, Draymond, and a top five pick for Giannis doesn't work for you? I mean, that does, but like, let me entertain, I know you're trolling, but let me entertain that. Um, if you're going to trade Giannis, do you really want Draymond, or yeah. do you want 15 picks? Yeah, yeah, you you want the uh, the PG package. Yeah. And times two, right? You want the P, yeah. Um, no, I hear you, because... If Draymond was like 26, then you can make an argument for that. Like sure. Maybe you can build a team around that. But Draymond's, he's at the tail end of kind of his prime here. And we see that this year. And, you know, we saw what he looked like this season. Uh, he obviously came in out of shape. We see that now. But he'd be fine right now if Steph and Clay were on the team. Like, he'd be just Draymond. He'd be his normal, normal Draymond. But he looks much worse. Clay's not there. He has to shoot the ball, and it just doesn't look great. Um, so, yeah, you're right. Um, so I think next season's going to be fine for him. Um, I just, I, there's really, I just, yeah, like there's just not much you can get out of that. Um, it just seems, it, it seems unrealistic to think that that's going to happen. Um, and that's ignoring all the, like, they're going to be even more, I don't want to say emotional, but like because of his value to the team, there's going to be a little of that loyalty thing there too, or it's like they got to be a little more overwhelmed. They're not just going to dump him. Yeah. There's no value in dumping him. It's not like dumping him opens up a max spot. No, no, it doesn't. Um, well, actually, you know what? Before you get to, to the nitty gritty of the contract fun stuff, let's do a couple reads here. Uh, we got a new one. Shouts to, uh, by the way, shouts to Kevin Jones uh, over at uh, who runs Blue Wire Podcast. Uh, he's crushing it with getting us these brands that we're, uh, we're sponsoring these days. So the, the new one is Untuck It. All right. So the holidays are almost here. You know what that means. Gifts. Sam's not happy. Uh, what better gift to give the guy in your life uh, than a stylish shirt that fits just right? Unlike most brands, Untuck It. Actually, shirts actually are designed to be worn untucked. By the way, Untucked shirts are great. I just want to let you know that. I feel like you're a tuck guy. I feel like you're. Oh no 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 no! You should. You, you've. When have you ever seen me tuck in? Actually, you are a tuck guy. You're. You're like the d bag who tucks their shirt in and then rolls their pants up to mid calf. I do. Show the ankle off. So, untuck it shirts always fall at the just right length, right at the calf, no matter his size. <laughs> Casual and sharp. 
Ever seen an untucked button down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, untuck it. Original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. All right. So you can find your favorite untuck it style online or you can check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, uh, too long or too big again. And the website is easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So they have 50-plus fit combinations. Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. So, like myself. Um... So whether you're looking, whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com. Use the code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's untuckit.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. All right, Sam. So for the last couple months, we've been doing Get Romans. So KJ, crushing it here. Guess what? We've got support now from for Blue Wire from Manscaped. Number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. I actually got a sample of this. I haven't tried it yet, but will this weekend. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past, don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. Manscaped also has the crop preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not de putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BLUEWIRE. Wow. Those are some reads, my man. Those are some reads. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, trade exception. That's what you're asking. Yes. 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 So they can't use the trade exception until next summer, and it runs out basically the first day of free agency. So they pretty much have to have the trade pre-selected. But... The way a trade exception works uh, for the people who asked is essentially allows the Warriors to take on salary when they're over the cap for a pick is the most likely scenario. So what it, what it really means is a team who's trying to dump a player can probably dump them on the Warriors. So I wouldn't expect the trade exception to net you like a star player or anything. I would expect it to net you something like this is probably not even a good analogy, but like, let's say Memphis decides, man, we just need to get rid of Kyle Anderson because we need to clear playing time for the younger players. And like, you know, he's not like a long-term piece for us. So let's just save that like eight to 9 million a year. We pay him or like a team who's like got like a plumly and like, dude, we just need to clear some salary. That's what they can do with it. But Hey, that can be a useful way to add a depth piece. Million is pretty big. Yeah. Um, I'm going to move this forward. From friend of the show, Anthony Nash. Bring in a little love of the game, love of the fame. Who's the love of the game, Mount Rushmore? Oh. All right, we're starting with Steph. 
Obviously, he plays. He's a pure player. Um, uh, you know, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say one hundred percent on my Mount Rushmore is Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan is just. I mean, he's he exudes love of the game. He he legitimately does not care about anything other than winning. Like within reason, he's he's everything it's about. He do, he doesn't. It's it, when I say love of the game, I think Tim Duncan. Here's one for you, Dirk Nowitzki. Absolutely. Played with one team his entire career. Um. Went through. Do you remember the type of shit that he had to go through when he was playing? When he was like almost the best player in the league, he won MVP and people were calling him soft. Do you remember that? Yes. Do you remember when LeBron and and Wade, this was oh the coughing, the coughing, <coughs> making fun of him being sick, and you would never really hear Dirk say much. Like he didn't really get into any of that type of stuff. All he wanted to do was win a championship, and he pretty much carried that team, like. Were the Mavs ever at any point that season supposed to win the title? Like, I don't know if that was a thing. No, actually, the, the funny thing is when they won the title, everyone thought it was great because it was, like, crowning achievement for Dirk, who, like, in retrospect, everyone realized was a very important player in the history of basketball. But no one thought they were going to win that one. And I think what's more interesting about it is – I don't remember anyone talking about Dirk with reverence before that, but because they won that title and they won it in like, I mean, they won it over a team that was probably the most hyped team ever, the Heat. Correct. Um, it made his legacy, and honestly, it over it, it corrected his legacy because he was. If you remember the OOS, I don't think Dirk is worse than KG. But for some reason, KG is regarded as a better player than him. And, you know, I don't know why, because Dirk won more games than KG pretty much every year of his career, except for like one or two. Um, and winning that title kind of got him to the point where people are like, okay, they're, they're even players. Yeah. And, and people also start to understand how important shooting was. Yeah. That's a bit, that's a bigger thing. KG was, First off, KG's first ballot, amazing player. Not an insult to him in any way. But he was good in a traditional lens, the way we look at basketball. Dirk was dominant at things that people didn't understand how valuable they were. It's kind of like Steph. It is. Like he would just completely warp a floor on offense. And And make these dudes who like, okay, they're okay. But like, let's be real. Jason Terry. Anyone anyone really like gonna remember Jason Terry or JJ Beret if it wasn't JJ for Dirk? Barret. Yeah. Or like Josh Howard or um Jerry Devin Dallas Harris. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going through all the players. Like some of those Dallas teams he carried to like the Western Conference Finals, like I don't think we give enough credence to how mediocre they were. Yeah. Like if it was a better way to put it, if if KG or Kobe had those teams, we would be just talking about how great they are. But because it was with Dirk, all of a sudden people are telling me Devin Harris or Stackhouse or Josh Howard are great players. I'm like, no, they're like they're fine. They're good. But like they're not amazing. Yeah. 
That was all Dirk. That was all Dirk turning good players into great. It's like uh, it's like how well I think it's like turning fine players into really good. And I think what Steph did and why Steph has three championships along with the Warriors is that Steph turns really good players into great players, and then he'll turn great players into like elite, like Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. Like a lot of the times they say those guys are bailed out by uh, or they bail Steph out, but it's like really the, the the what Steph does on offense is he really propels literally every single player like two levels. Um, and Draymond has done that for Steph too, and Clay has done that for Steph. But really, it's really Steph that's done that for everybody else. And I think most people know that. I think most people that play with Steph know that. But you don't get that uh, from other players. They don't realize that. Um, and that's where the jealousy comes in. I'm sure that was the same way for Dirk as well. He was just so good. He was just such a great regular season. Like that that system. He was good. He was good in the playoffs too. But yes, I mean, everyone, he he got the same thing Steph did, which is. People don't remember he was dominant in the playoffs. They remember the one game he wasn't. Yep. 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 Um, I like this question. Um, uh, let's, let's pull this up here. Pause. From David Brandon, friend of the show also. Who's the young player on the roster you think has most potential? Can't say D'Lo. We're watching him today. 20 plus. 25. Yeah. Back-to-back 25-point games in your first two weeks in NBA player. I mean, that's it's really hard to go against Pascal. I still think it's uh, I still think it's Jordan Poole, man. Wait, okay, here's the thing. Here, here, here's the thing. Um, Jordan Poole has five, has five assists. Wow. Does look good. I, I can't. God, this team is fun to watch right now. Um, I can't believe I'm saying that. It's one thing if Pascal was doing this on last year's Warriors team. Right. I'd be like, I'd be like hey, cool, whatever. You're doing this. They're, they're, ooh, by the way, pull a step back three. Um, but he's kind of doing this as almost 1B, almost option, you know, 1A, 1B, almost option 2 on this team. Because really, who do they have? Like Kai Bowman's okay. Uh, Alec Burks, I guess, is good, but he's even start. Like it's really Eric Pascal running the offense, and he still has 25 points now. It does feel like a lot of these teams, they're not really taking them seriously, right? No, and and they, and they shouldn't. But, like, exactly. it's still. But still, still. Um, Can you imagine when Smiley Geach comes back, what happens? <laughs> I will say this. Um, pa- Pascal looks like an NBA. Like, I could see Eric Pascal playing on winning teams for the next decade, right? And I'm not saying he's a star player on those winning teams, but I could see him having a role. Like, could you not see him immediately being in Portland's rotation? Because you not see him immediately being in, like, a Spurs rotation. Oh, yeah. Or, like, you know, it's like, and it's not like he'll shine out, but he's just, like, if you're a fan of that team, you're like, you know, this guy just, he does his job. He's a good player, right? Um, I still think Jordan Poole is the most interesting, and I think it's because of everything he does other than shooting. We know he can shoot the ball. We know he takes dumb shots. We know both those things, but I was not aware he had, um, I don't want to say playmaking chops, but like there's an awareness to, to make the extra pass. And there's an effort level with the defense that like this guy might be more than a, um, six man, I guess is all I'm saying. Also, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah. Also, I think it's the handle that gets him there. Yes, um, the handle is like the skill level overall and the awareness is a lot higher than I thought. 
A lot higher. Awareness, I agree with you 100%. I, I, did, I actually, like you said, I thought he was just going to be a... He's just going to make dumb players and look dumb. But no, I think the handle actually is okay for a rookie. Um, he kind of can't get by people, but it's like solid. Like it's it's there. Um, and it can it only get better. Like he's he's right. Young. It'll only get better. And what do you what do you think of this? I've thrown this out there. I think I'm not saying he'll be as good uh, because that's an unrealistic ask of a late first round pick. But CJ McCollum for like a player he patterns himself after stylistically. I think it's the closest because like he's not going to be a guy who just operates as a shooter. But he's also not going to be a guy who's going to be like a massive playmaker either. He's going to be somewhere in between, right? Yeah, but I think McCollum has he, his handle is, is pretty darn good. That's the thing about. Yeah, McCollum. he's also twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, when you kind of when you kind of see like I, we made the or you made the D'Lo McCollum comparison, which I really like a lot. Um, but that's more that's more level of impact. That has less to do with like their styles could not be different, more different. I don't. I, I, well, I'm just talking about handle wise. I, sure. I don't, I don't know how Jordan Poole gets there. I, I kind of it's he's not Clay. Clay, you kind always kind of knew like he wasn't gonna get there handle wise. It just didn't matter because he has elite defense and elite shooting. Yeah, and he's um, huge. You don't you don't find guys who are six seven who can just rise up over everyone and shoot like that all the time. Yeah, yeah unless you're KD. But like, um, but yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know. Jordan Poole, it's, it's, I like with Pascal, doesn't it feel like, okay, I know kind of what I'm going to see here. Like, I don't expect him to be. Yeah, exactly. And there's, and there's a, um, Poole, I need 40 games, 50, baby. <laughs> yeah. And it's easier to project someone who, you know, like, I, you're not worried about Eric Pascal, quote unquote, stepping outside the box. He knows who he is, right? Jordan Poole doesn't know who he is right now. And he shouldn't. He should probe it. But, um, um, you know, with that comes the potential it, it may go in different directions. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I'm excited. Uh, any other kind of young players? I mean, Kai Bowman looks good, but, you know, we don't really – we don't know if we're going to see him on the team Um, rest of the season. Damian Lee, unwatchable. Damian – leave Damian Lee alone. You're way too hard on him. I'm, I've been whining to Sam all day about Damian Lee. I just – he can't defend. He just dribbles too much. It's just hard to watch. I gotta, I gotta, gotta take my frustration out on someone, man. It's not like I'm <laughs> just. He's just hard to watch. All right, let's um, let's pivot this. One more question before we get out of here. Um, okay, we hit this one up. I gotta vote, Sam. So let's let's make this. Clear. Okay, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, did you do your ballot yet? By the way, I gotta do mine. No comment. Uh, um, let's let's go. So Delo's out. I want to ask you your early thoughts on D'Lo. Ooh. I mean, at this point, it, he played like five games, four of them where Kerr was putting him in position to fail, and then one where he got to run like his normal offense and they got injured in it. So, I mean, we're gonna we're probably going to see a lot of D'Lo this year. So we'll, we'll come back to this. Um, I, I, had, I had a take on it, though. Um, I don't know. Okay, so one – he was not good off ball with Steph, um, and I think we had we had a lot we had a, several podcasts about Steve Kerr and why he messed that up. But he was not good off ball. That's one. Number two, then he put him in the pick and roll offense, and he drops like thirty on awful efficiency, uh, which reminded me of like Mini Harden. Uh, he you put him in that offense, high usage. He's built for that. 
He'll get yeah. two throws. I mean, he is a mini Harden. He's Harden without the he's Harden without the tax rebates from the, the refs. <laughs> so, but I mean, Harden's not really good without that either. So, right. So, I, but that also tells me I don't know how good that is, though. Right? Because with Harden, sure. okay, he's MVP level. He can do that. He's he's great. Although this season he's been awful. I don't know what's going on, but he's still great. Next Hello. next week we have mm-hmm. we owe the listeners a. Uh, a quality roasting of the Rockets. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that next week. Should we do that on premium? No, we'll do that here. We'll do it for free. Yeah, no, we gotta, we gotta give the people what they want. Not a, you know, we'll, we'll give them, we'll give them better stuff on premium. But uh, <laughs> but um, you know, we're gonna transition to more league talk as the pod goes. Um, but right now the Warriors are a little interesting, so we might as well ride with this because God knows midseason they won't be. Well, you know, midseason Steph will be back. We can always talk sure. about that and the the way to return of of Clay. But well, so my impressions of D'Angelo are I, I, I still don't know, but I, I can see I can see what he can do when he has the offense tailored around him, but I'm not really that impressed by it because he he's just not that efficient. Um the shooting's okay. Decision making's pretty good. I just, I, but I don't see the decision making is great. Actually, I would say that's his best skill, and that's where he can get away with being average efficiency wise. When like, it's kind of the um, Kobe or Westbrook thing, where it's like neither of them were significantly efficient, but the attention they drew and their ability to set other people up, like like in the aggregate, they were team efficient. Um, and I'm not saying he's going to be that good, but it's like the same concept where. Okay, you take some bad shots. You're not that efficient, but you also set up like 15 easy shots. I would like to see that offense end of the year. If it's only for 10 games, so be it. But I would like to see that offense that where it's just, hey, D'Lo, Willie Cauley-Stein, come set a pick. Doesn't have a play. Get it to Steph. Hey, Steph, Looney, come set a pick. Right, And just run that pick-and-roll offense really like the Houston Rockets did uh, two years ago. And just see what happens. And then you have Clay spacing the floor now. right? You have Draymond making a pass if need be. Um, off the pick as well. So like, I want to see that offense. I want to see what that looks like. Maybe throw, throw Jordan Poole in there uh, for for Looney. But, you know, I want to see that. I don't know. I don't want to see that motion offense coming to you. I want to see the potential of that. Um, and that's my other thing. Like, honestly, um, you know, I, I don't like the idea of D-Lo, Steph being off ball for D'Lo to dribble around, but like, that's probably the best way to use the two of them. Um, when they're healthy, but like, ultimately I think you and I kind of come out on the same place, which is the Warriors need to maximize D'Lo if for no other reason than to be able to trade him. Um, and so what are we doing here? Making him look worse, right? Well, what's Jordan Poole doing over here? Um, but yeah, no, I'm with you. And I think that's their plan here in the next couple of months. I don't think this D'Lo thing is a, um, I don't think it's a long-term injury. He'll probably be back soon. Um, but yeah, I think that's the goal. And I think it's just a matter of, hey, what can he do uh, with a team that's tailored around him, which is what the Warriors are going to do here uh, when Draymond comes back. And uh, hopefully Looney. We had, we had Raj on our Light Years Premium podcast, by the way, for those that are still listening, subscribe on there. Help us out. Um, we're doing big things on Blue Wire. Um, but we had him on Doctor of Physical Therapy, and he talked about Looney's injury and about it could just be anything. Uh, it, it could be anything moving forward. So that's pretty scary. But hopefully he comes back and you have a team that's 
you know, has a bunch of has, has a couple shooters, scrappy players, and hopefully D'Lo looks good to where I don't know if they have to trade him. Sam, I know that. No, they don't have to. I, I'm just saying you want to see what you have and put your like you don't put yourself in the best situation to make the best possible decision. Yep. All right, man. All right. I think we should call this one. We'll um, we get the Warriors and Blazers in a closer in the fourth. Um, I was told Dame was going to win this one for Oakland. Uh, because sports writers have to be narcissistic on Twitter. So, you know, because, you know, you got to go with what gets the clicks as opposed to, you know, being honest. So, whatever. We'll talk about that next week. I'm going to be grumpy here. All right. Talk to you later.